he'll tell you I'm a very bad sport. <laughs> we're, we're both very competitive. <laughs> we're very competitive. I profess to teach good sportsmanship, but when I'm competing against him, <laughs> oh, he's going down. We're the two, if we're having a Christmas game of monopolies, one of us is going to flip the board. <laughs> You're listening to the Better Stories podcast, taking inspiration from our communities and people. Hello and welcome to the latest Better Stories podcast. I'm Peter Bundy from Better and what an incredible and inspirational guest we have today. Together they form one of the most exciting and dynamic partnerships in British sport. It's with great pleasure therefore to be joined by a coaching legend, a global coaching legend, GB high performance head coach and a former Olympic diver, Jane Figueredo. And the other half of this amazing partnership is Olympian, multiple world champion and GB athlete, Tom Daly. Hi, Jane. Hi, Tom. Hello. Hi, how are you guys? Very good, thank you. Uh, Lovely to hear your two dulcet tones. And uh, (laughs) amongst all this lockdown, it's nice to welcome you both to join us today. And a great chance for us to explore your fascinating sporting relationship as uh, coach and athlete. Um, the good news, Jane, though, I suppose, is that you're back in the London Aquatic Centre, full-time training under the government's COVID guidance. Uh, yeah, Pete, we, um, we feel so absolutely fortunate. We've actually not had a, a, a lapse in much training at all, so we've been very, very lucky through the government guidelines. And then, of course, uh, UK sport, who have allowed us to continue training. And then even more importantly, uh, GLL and the London Legacy, who open up this amazing venue for us to carry on training. Yeah, fantastic. We're, we're, we're glad to have you back. Uh, and, and Tom, I know you never, you rarely ever sit still in your life. So no. it must be so good for you to be back into structured training again. Yeah, I mean, like Jane said, we're so lucky to, you know, have... Russ, Adam and Paige at the London Aquatic Centre sacrificing their time to let us continue training because, you know, it's an important year with the Olympics this summer. We've had to experience a lot of unknowns and lots of last minute changes, but to be able to have the consistency of continuing to train really allows us to focus on that end goal. Yeah, well, I mean, as always, your your generosity in um, your feedback to the staff at the Aquatic Centre is what really makes that partnership work. So thank you for those comments. If we could turn to your kind of remarkable partnership, because it, it, it is fascinating. Uh, Jane, I suppose the start of this goes back to 2013 when Alexia British Diving pulled off one of the greatest and most daring master strokes by <laughs> convincing you to join Tom at the London Aquatic Centre. Was, was that an easy decision for you? Well, you know, I had known Tom obviously for several years when he was a youngster and um, not really spent a lot of time with Tom, but obviously admired him from afar. Um, so when the opportunity, it was actually Alexi at first, but then Tom really nailed nailed me in the coffin. Um, he he uh, he uh, he really came out to Houston, and I think if he hadn't done that, um, there was no chance I was going to move. Um, but I'll tell you the the biggest reason why I did. Well, 
the little bit that I worked with him in the space of two weeks in, in Houston, many, many coaches will tell you that throughout their career, they, they feel extremely lucky to have one, and if you're lucky, maybe two Olympians that go on to win medals. And then Tom came along and it, it was just an opportunity uh, that I couldn't resist um, because of his character, his personality, and it was just, um, I said I wasn't going to travel anymore. I was tired of international travel and the rigors of Olympic coaching. But a guy like him comes along and all of a sudden you, you get so excited and you're like, okay, uh, I can't turn this down. So it, it was really him and uh, his enthusiasm and his energy and passion for wanting to be great. And, and I just, I thought, what an amazing opportunity. It's really interesting you say that, Jane, because um, first of all, I thought it was the British weather that attracted you over. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, Delightful. <laughs> no chance. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it seems a long time ago since um, you, you, Tom, first walked Jane around the London Aquatic Centre when it was in that yeah. transformation. I think you were in a... I remember you were in a builder's hat and a fluorescent jacket. Yeah, um, yes. and, and and then and then you did. I remember you flew to America, and I and I always wondered whether that was you sounding Jane out or Jane sounding you out, or it was a mixture of both to see and how I you think, could work. Yeah, I think the opportunity to move to London and change coaches came at the perfect time in my diving career. I think with my first coach Andy, you kind of get to a point where. Um, you know, one coach can only take you so far before you need to change something diff to something different. And, you know, going over to Houston and seeing the American college system, that really opened my eyes to what it meant to be a professional athlete when it came down to strength conditioning, nutrition, um, physio, all of these things of what it meant to take my diving to the next level. And that's really what Jane and I managed to do between that, you know, if I look at my diving in 2012 through to 2016, it's like a completely different person. And not only that is, you know, one of my favorite things about Jane is we, I used to struggle with my back two and a half twisting, two and a half. Um, and, you know, we persevered for a year trying to make it work until it got to a point where we were like, you know what, this isn't going to work anymore. And I remember starting my training season back in Houston um, after I think it was after the first year we had worked together and Jane showed me a YouTube video of someone doing a circus trick in one of the, like, the Cirque du Soleil shows in, <laughs> uh, off of a Russian swing doing a forward three and a half somersault one twist and I remember Jane saying we're going to give it a go this is what I think this yeah. is the way out Fantastic. of our problem so we converted a circus trick to an Olympic dive essentially mm. That's no, fantastic. It, it, it's uh, it's interesting because I guess Jane brings a, a fusion of uh, having been um, a Russian Olympic uh, coach, uh, hugely successful, the, the whole collegiate system in America. Um, you know, that, that must give a real angle to it, Tom, that, that you don't normally get to experience. Yeah, I mean, it's not just that. It's also, you know, experience also comes with creativity within coaching. So it's never the same week in, week out. It's not this monotonous schedule where we always know exactly what we're doing every single week. So each week is very different. We um, have, especially now with more divers here at the Aquatic Centre, now that the club has expanded from just 
me and Jane to having you know hundreds of divers, um, or if not thousands each week. Yeah, um, yeah. So being able to you know mix that up, and we uh, play games, and we get like do things competitive in the pool, out of the pool, <laughs> you know, just little things that just shake up our training to keep us on our toes. And he'll he'll tell you he'll tell you I'm a very bad sport. <laughs> we're, we're both very competitive. We're very competitive. I, I, I yeah, I, you know, I, I profess to teach good sportsmanship, but when I'm competing against him, <laughs> oh, he's going down. Like we're, we're, we're the two. If we're having a Christmas game of monopolies, one of us is going to flip the board. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that that, that is a classic uh, sports person, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's interesting you said that, Jane, because um, or, or Tom mentioned it. Every time I go to the High Performance Centre at the Aquatic Centre, I'm struck by the environment. It's, it's so professional, so focused. Everyone has a sense of purpose, and yet there's a profound sense of enjoyment and fun. Is that something, Jane, that you deliberately strive for? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I always tell my, my divers that if I'm not having fun, they certainly aren't having fun. It's taken a long time, Peter, to to change a culture, to establish um, a, a sense of family, a sense of belonging, that takes a very long time to, to get that. And I think uh, we're, really, we're really there. With, and you know, those kinds of things you have to work on uh, continuously. They don't, you know, you don't get that culture and then you just leave it. You have to continuously develop it, work at it, have the kids, own it, they shape it, um, but certainly, you know, I'm going to leave something uh, on the, on, when I finally walk away, I hope that I'm leaving a legacy of something that really kids can buy into and really enjoy. And um, you guys have helped me do that. So your support and, and everything that you've allowed me to do at this venue and That's stop. fantastic, Jane. We're, we're yeah. just fri we're frightened of you. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot of people might say that. I was going to say, I'm frightened of Jane. It's not, it's not just you. <laughs> In all seriousness, Jane's one of the nicest, most natural um, sort of person that you can come across and instantly feel that you can have affinity with you. And, I, and I, it's interesting, Jane, because I, I don't know whether that is... Uh, an advantage that you have almost naturally that allows you to build a relationship with your athletes, which is beyond a sort of normal coach-athlete relationship? Well, I think coaching is a special profession and the really good coaches are athlete-centered. So the athlete always comes first. Now, for a lot of people, that, that may seem quite difficult, but I think you, you get that. Uh, what you put it. So I've always made the athlete my number one priority um, and then always the priority is the relationship between myself and the athlete. And listen, Tom will tell you, um, that journey is not easy, that it's taken us seven years uh, for Tom and I to get to a place where we have a clear understanding now and, and the barriers are almost... Uh, there'll always be barriers because that's part of a relationship. But we're at a, a really good place now where there's trust, there's openness, there's honesty, there's vulnerability. And I think if you, when you get there 
at that point, that's actually the most fun place to be. So yeah. it takes a long time. It's not something that just happens overnight. Well, you know, when, when I, I mean, I, I see that with, um, with you and Tom together. And, and it, it's interesting, Tom, because you, you get the sense that you are kind of soulmates is, 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 a, is the wrong word I'm looking for. But you feel so at ease with each other that you intimately understand and have a, a sort of stripped back, honest relationship that, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering whether that is part of the thing that Jane brings to an athlete in development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the way that it works between us is something that has been so it, it's pushed me to a completely different level as an athlete. And, you know, I think there's a certain level of comfort that you can have with someone that you've like, for example, the coach that I have from the age of seven for like 10, 10 years, you get to a certain comfort level. But actually, you know, having something change and something completely different and a different coaching style, um, both in and out of the pool, dry land, all of those things, a different mentality when it comes to competition. And, you know, for me, when I first moved uh, to Jane, you know, like when you meet anyone new, you're kind of a little bit, you know, anxious to really open up and really, you know, be completely comfortable. And like Jane said, it's taken years to get to a point now where we're so comfortable with each other that we're able to approach each other when anything is needs to be said and I think that is something that's really special and um, it also you know being able to have that switch up and that creativity again has been something that I've really you know it, it gave me that enjoyment and passion for diving back again. Yeah I, I get the impression also that you know that sort of bond goes way beyond sport and it actually starts to influence how you guys um, look at your life's wider lifestyle. I also think that Jane, the, the great thing about Jane and the way that she works with her athletes is that it's not just about the, the pool and she tries to teach us values of, for life as well. For, and especially with some of the younger yeah. divers and trying to help them see what actually matters because you know, yes, we're divers right now, but that isn't going to define us for the rest of our life. So I know that Jane feels very passionate about leaving. Uh, like when we are, you know, decide to hang up our trunks, that we actually leave with some really valuable life lessons and values to be able to carry for the rest of our life. Yeah, that, that's fantastic, isn't it? Is that, you, you, you know, you, you, beyond commodities, you guys are um, human beings with a life of experience to give back at some stage. And Jane, I wonder whether, you know, do you find that you inspire Tom and he inspires you back in, in as well? Like I said, when you get to the point where it's a two-way street, not just one way, where, where he feels like I'm just um, telling him what to do as opposed to uh, negotiating what we should do and communicating about what we should do, and, you know, like, like Tom said a little bit ago, the, the street goes both ways. So I learn my growth is also dependent upon them. Um, I learn so much and um, I value what they think. Um, I value what they say. And a lot of times we may not agree, but I, I think that's part of a relationship. And um, hopefully when they're parents like Tom is already, he will look back on his career and our relationship and, and his previous coaching uh, athlete relationship and take some really good 
life lessons and, and teach his kids um, those kind of things. And I'm sure he they will they will be irritated with him many times because he'll he'll be saying you know when I was an athlete my coach said that um, so I'm really looking forward to those conversations and I'll be laughing so loud. Jane, <laughs> it is fascinating to to, um, to to lift the lid on with the coach, and one of the things that always struck me is that. And I, and I guess from Tom's character, he, he must love this, is that you always appear to be focused looking forward. The next goal, the next challenge, the next technical refinement. You know, is that, yeah. is that part of a coaching toolkit that keeps you and the athlete focused on improvement? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of probably the, the top qualities of a great coach. Always looking forward, always looking outside the box, um, and always being extremely proactive. If you want to be a great coach uh, of, of, you know, coaching somebody the likes of Tom Daly, um, you better be thinking forward because he's a guy that always wants to be improving, right? Yeah, so yeah. I can't stay in the same place. I've got to be challenging him uh, and not always technically. I challenge him personally. I yeah. challenge him emotionally. And he does the same for me. Um, what he, he's done for me is made me so much of a better coach because the things that he's taught me, I probably didn't do when I was coming up through the ranks. So planning, thinking ahead, because he's a person that wants structure, wants planning. And uh, sometimes when I was a younger coach, I was just sort of flying, flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, so he forces me to come with a plan every day, come with a plan for the next six months. That's something that I never did um, because my athletes, sort of the Russian athletes, because they, they were like Tom in so many ways. They wanted to hear what, 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 was, what were we doing, where are we heading? And I think when you have athletes like that, they're going to push you to a whole nother level. And coaches need to be very ready for that. If they don't get ready for that, they're going to be left in the dust. Yeah. I wonder, Tom, whether that kind of forward-looking approach also helps with the, you know, the, the, it sort of smooths out the inevitable ups and downs of a, an athlete's life, you know, with performance, competition. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's, there's two sides to that, really. I mean, I, Jane and I are very much, we know what our end goal is. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to overanalyze it. It is what it is. We got the Olympics this summer and we're training towards that. Everything else is kind of, you know, we have plans for what we're doing and we have a plan laid out, but very much we try to not dwell on anything that's happened in the past and not yeah. spend energy wasted on worrying about that or, and even day to day, not, even spend any energy worrying about what's to come because you can only control the here and now. So, you know, Jane has helped me to think about being more present when I'm training rather than thinking, oh, this training session didn't go very well, which means, oh, it's going to be bad for the rest of the month or it's a bad week. Oh, that's just terrible. When actually just thinking about each dive or each training session as an independent event and knowing that 
even if you do a really good training session, it doesn't mean that the next one's going to be good, and it doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad. The same way as if you have a bad training session, it doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad as well. So being able to com compartmentalize each individual dive, each individual training session, each week, each competition as completely separate events that have no correlation to the next one, I think allows both myself and Jane to be far more comfortable in competition mm. because we know that you know it's just down to that day, that dive, and not it doesn't really you know, everything that you think you could be as well prepared as you think for any competition, yeah. but you have to do it on the day, and you can have like a poor preparation and still dive well. So just knowing that everything else, once you're there on the diving board, you have to just perform. The the other interesting element of that is I'm sure there's lots of people listening coming out of sort of a turbulent COVID period that that actually what you've just said, Tom, is is the perfect advice for people in their everyday life to to move forward. I think it's also that sense of perspective that people have probably got over this past year of what really matters most and what is actually important and how things can change at any moment. So not to take anything for granted. And, you know, for me now as a parent, I can go into a competition knowing that if I do well or if I do bad, my husband and my son are going to be there to give me a hug and love me regardless, which for me has taken so much pressure off of my training and pressure off of my competition mindset, which actually allows me to enjoy competing. And in turn, you end up diving better because you don't have that, you know, pressure weighing down on yourself because, you know, in previous years, I, you know, dive, I felt like diving defined me. And if I dive well, that was how I was going to be remembered. Whereas now I don't put as much of that pressure on myself and I'm actually able to enjoy it a lot more. It was one of the things that um, I was going to ask you is that, you know, to Tokyo incredibly will be your third Olympics, even though you're still a, a young guy, but it's your first as a new loving parent. Yeah, it'll actually be my yeah. fourth. It'll be my fourth Olympics. Actually, um, yes, you've done three. It's your fourth, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, this will be my fourth, and it's just kind so, of crazy. It's um, a hugely positive life experience. Whether whether that does bring something different to your the pressure of preparation for the games. I think by the time you get to your fourth Olympics, you know the drill. Uh, you know, you know what it's going to be like. You know what the uh, exciting things are going to be when you're there. So you don't have to feel like you, and you know that you're going to be there for a period of time and. You know, I think from the first couple of Olympics, you're so excited to get there that you want to see everything and do everything in the first couple of days because you feel mm. like you're going to miss out. Um, whereas when you know what the whole Olympic period is like, you are able to be a little bit more relaxed about it and be treat it more like a normal competition rather than thinking of it as the Olympic Games, if that makes mm. sense. And you, you can scale back on the after party as well, I suppose, when you're done. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any after you. party for COVID. <laughs> I'm always on the last day as well, so I never get I to know. have that, like, you, all, you, you know. You want to be the early uh, aquatics guys, don't you? I know, but like, yeah. I think some of the rules are that you have to leave within 48 hours of finishing competing, so yeah. people are going to be flying back early without any partying. Mm. It's going to be a very different games, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So just, just want to touch with you both on, I know both of you have ambitions and are hugely committed to giving something back to, your, to the sport. And I know it's very close to your heart. And one of the reasons why we work so well together is that obviously, you know, GLL Better as a as a charitable organisation, you know, that's close to our hearts as well. And uh, Tom, to start with you, really, you, you've got this burning passion to get so many young people into the sport. And you've collaborated with us on establishing the Tom Daly Diving Academy. Can you give us a bit of insight into into that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, when I was younger, there were not many diving programs. There weren't many diving clubs. I was just very, very lucky to live near one. And that's how I got involved. So it was by luck that I found something that I really loved. Uh, it's with the Tom Daly Diving Academy. I just want to try and give as many kids as possible the chance to try diving and, you know, see if they love it as much as I did. And even just, you know, it's, I think with any sport, it's not just about being fit and healthy. It's about the social element of it. It's about the discipline side of it. There's so many things that sport can teach you. And I think it's helped me throughout my life, whether it be goal setting, time management, focus, uh, commitment, sacrifice, all of those things I've learned from sport. And I don't think I would have done as well at school if I hadn't taught, been taught those kind of values within sport. And you know, to be able to share that with um, as many young people and older people if they want to join too, mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. I think it's always, it's never too late to start to learn a new passion. Well, listen, Tom, you know, you're still competing. I mean, most people wait until they retire. But, you know, you've got that academy up and running and it's it's already the biggest diving academy in, in the country. And, you know, as you know, we teach thousands and thousands of... Uh, young and old to learn to dive each week so you know it really has been a success i think you end up having the most you know swing while you're still in the sport yeah. so you know to start yeah. it while i'm in the sport and then you know further it after that is the is the key yeah yeah so so then turning turn to, to to you jane is it obviously you've now worked with british diving um to establish you know highly regarded Dive London uh, programme from a standing start. And it not only houses your kind of growing number of athletes, as you mentioned earlier, but you've now got an established pathway for emerging talent. You know, is that, was that always part of your plan when you came or is that a necessity to build a good programme? Well, um, in answer to that question, no, that wasn't initially uh, what I was hired to do, but um, I think it's one of these things you can't just come in and be single-minded and single-focused. I think you have to give back and, and eventually when you do walk away, it has to be about more than just Tom and I. And I think that's something that we've developed here, him with the Tom Daly Diving Academy and me with Dive London. Um, and, and we believe there's still so much more we can do. Um, you know, refine the process, refine the program, make it better, because you don't want to be sitting around just hoping it's going to stay uh, a good system. You've got to keep working at it. You've got to keep making it better and better and better. Yeah, well, it's it's, ha it's hats off to you, Jane, and, and British Diving on that. And I'm also aware that you've, you've uh, started providing mentoring and support to... <laughs> help more women in, in their coaching journey on elite? Yeah, that's, um, that's obviously uh, not just women, but anybody that is looking for a mentoring in, in any kind of coaching. This specifically um, speaks to my passion for, for women and in coaching and trying to um, maybe describe what it takes and then finding avenues for those women to find a way. The UK Sport uh, Leadership Programme is something that in, in a very short space of time, two months, I'm working with a, a couple of women who are master coaches in their own right. 
So actually, I'm I'm learning from them, and they're learning from me. So so yeah, it's it's been absolutely incredible. Uh, we've already done a couple of um, shadowing uh, sessions, um, and I, I absolutely love that. And I I hope that's something I can do on a much larger scale uh, when I when I'm a lot older. <laughs> You've got a long way to go. Uh, listen, listen, guys, I can't end our conversation without touching on that turbulent year of 2020 and the deferment of Tokyo Olympics. And I, I, I guess the question to both of you really is that it, it must have thrown your plans into complete chaos to, you know, that four year preparation to build up to 2020 and then obviously to have to reshift that to 21. I think it's, I mean, it's through everyone's preparations. I think the hardest part was when they said that they were going to postpone it, but they didn't know when they were going to postpone it to. And athletes like to know exactly when things are happening so you can peak at the right times. But I think, so I think they made a massively correct call by moving it exactly one year so that essentially we could just start the season again and have another run at an Olympic year rather than just delaying it and then making it like, you know, a little bit more difficult to rearrange your peaking and things like that and the ability to last uh, all the way through to that end of the season. So I do think they made the right call by moving it by a whole year. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, it's going to be a different Olympics than normal, but hopefully it'll still be filled with some amazing memories. Brilliant. Now, Jane, Tom, I, I always love our get-togethers and uh, I know your training schedule beckons, so we, we need to end this conversation um, here, but it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you both today. So I just want to say from everyone at um, Better and all of our, um, you know, customers and people we meet in the leisure centres, you know, we wish you the very best for Tokyo. And thanks ever so much for joining us today on Better Stories. Thanks, Peter. And we, we want to let you know that um, you, you make everything better. So thank you for your support and, and thanks for always bringing a smile to our faces when you walk in the venue. We love to see you more. Uh, it's a good job uh, we're on radio because I, I've gone red. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, seriously, uh, thank you for having us. No, you're welcome. And uh, go on, back to your training. I'm off. Thanks, I'm, I'm, I'm warming up already. I'm warming up. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Better is the charitable social enterprise that operates leisure centres, gyms, swimming pools and libraries across the UK. For more information, visit www.better.org.uk or download the Better app. Better Stories, taking inspiration from our communities and people. <laughs>